Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends Stories, a podcast that is looking forward to good old-fashioned powwow. I'm Big T and sitting patiently across from me today is a man of many talents. He is the expert on Fox Sports Backpage, an expert on NRL TV, an expert commentator on 2GB, and all of this since his long and successful playing career. He played for over 200 games for the Roosters, Dragons and Penriths combined. He played in representative teams such as Country, the New South Wales Blues and the Indigenous All-Stars before spending time playing in England. But what I admire most about him is his love for flat caps. Please welcome Jamie Soward. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. No, not at all. Now, did I get that flat caps thing right? Because I'm only picking that off some uh, social media <laughs> things. Are you a fan of the cap? Yeah, I've uh, I've got a big head, so um, <laughs> I think a lot of people that that sort of flat brim uh, when it came in didn't really suit or doesn't suit a lot of people. Yeah. But uh, I guess fortunately for me, uh, yeah, I've got a passion for for hats and caps, and yeah. uh, my head's big enough to be able to pull it off. So it's a good. I feel the same way because those bent ones, dad caps, they really make my head look super small on my big body. Then and it doesn't <laughs> work. I'm also worried I'm going to go bald. Is that is a hat a future insurance over baldness as well, or? Uh, yeah, well, my, I mean, I'm pretty lucky. My old man, yeah, never had a problem right. going bald. So uh, I think my daughter will be the same. She's got plenty <laughs> of hair as well. So yeah. I don't think, uh, yeah, going bald's not a, not an issue on my side of the family, definitely. Excellent. Speaking of great hair, you do a panel with Michael Chamis, um, and that, that panel is always very entertaining. Do you blokes get on off camera? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've obviously, yeah, we've known each other for a long time. Um, yeah, pe- we've had people write in and, and ask, you know, do you guys sort of put it on? No, we, we don't. It's, mm. That's how we have, you know, debate off camera. And then when we go on camera, it's, it's the same. So I think um, I've known Michael since he was reporting on me at the Dragons. And oh, wow. we've had some, we've had some hairy moments, uh, player to a journalist. And now um, I think, yeah, he, he enjoys the challenge of being able to talk openly and, and have a, a player, former player, um, you know, talk without sort of being muzzled by a club or anything mm. like that. And mm. that's what I try and do. So, no, our relationship is very good. And, um, yeah, but that what you see on camera is, is how we warm up in the, in the meeting. Yeah, Just wow. uh, we take it on camera. Yeah, and it does. It's excellent watching. But does it ever frustrate you when you're talking to people in the media about people they don't really know? For example, like Wayne Bennett, who you know quite well, and those people don't. Does it? Does those conversations ever get frustrating? Uh, no, well, I mean, yeah, without Wayne, I probably wouldn't, you know, been successful at the Dragons yeah. um, in terms of him for you know getting me to fulfill my potential so and, you know when you get a when you get coached by one of the greatest coaches of all time people are gonna ask because they want to be in that yeah. situation i've yeah. found that a lot of people in retirement you know want to know what wayne's like and if i had a dollar every time i talked about it i probably wouldn't have to work so <laughs> um but yeah that, that i think that just comes with the territory without wayne i, I definitely wouldn't yeah. have been i definitely wouldn't be in the position that i'm in now yeah well, I won't ask you anything about him then because I don't want to make you any richer. But speaking of, <laughs> yeah, you, you've got your own podcast, Power Hour Sour, which is doing really well. What are the plans for it um, into next year? Yeah, so that's that's through NRL.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came up with that. We're going to revamp it next year and uh, possibly make it, you know, obviously with, with training schedules and stuff, you know, guests sort of can, can cancel last minute. So at right. times we're sort of a little bit disorganized, but um, we'll revamp it next year, revisit it in the off season. I've just signed with NRL.com for another year. So oh, congratulations. Um, 
Yeah, thank you. That that podcast will you know will be a little bit different next year uh, going ahead. So I enjoy podcasts. I think it's the way of the world, and, yeah. and people can listen to them anywhere. So uh, I think I'm a big believer in how popular podcasts are and how how much fun they are as well. And and you're on this one, so your proof, proofs in the pudding. Now that one's called Powwow with Sour. Has this next one got a great name? Yes, um, I've just paired up with uh, Miranda Hotel uh, over in Cronulla and obviously a couple of other brands as well. I'm going to launch my own podcast. I had a basketball podcast about two or three years ago um, on the NBA and, yeah, it went away and it was, again, probably before its time in terms of being able to get the equipment and have the time and stuff and uh, now I've got more time and got people uh, in and around my circle that are, are going to help me a little bit more. And we're going to launch the Sweet and Sour podcast again <laughs> after after Christmas. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we, we've done a couple of demos. I've got some people now helping me with social media. So um, all the stuff, it's really a team effort, which I like. I like being in that team environment. So, yeah, the Sweet and Sour podcast will be uh, launched after Christmas. And if there's some kind of podcast awards for best names – and you'd be taking it out every year. I mean, whoever's doing your names is because I think Power Out for Sour. I'm saying if I'm wrong, did I see it an an online um, voting thing for that? And you said it. Whatever yeah, it I actually didn't. I actually didn't want it. Um, I thought it was pretty cheesy. Um, <laughs> but you still but did the bosses, it. bosses. Yeah, well, the bosses said. Yeah, I, I like interacting with fans. Yeah. I think Twitter, Twitter's the main one. I love Twitter, uh, probably out of all the social media yeah. uh, stuff that I'm on. And I thought, I just said to him, I don't like it, but I'll put it to a vote. And if the vote wins, then I'll take it. So You legend. Um, yeah, I let the people vote and they voted Power Sour. <laughs> so I just went with that. Um, the, the sweet and soured one. That's my business name. I've had that for a while. Right. Um, yeah, a fan used to have it written on the on a banner at the hill at Cogra. So, um, yeah, being able to revamp that and make it more lifestyle sort of sports, um, similar to maybe like the back page sort of thing right, right. Uh, where you talk a bit of sports but also have fun. That, uh, yeah, that's um, – yeah, that's a, that's a side project. Not making any money out of it. Just going to no. do it and see what happens, and, and right. hopefully it takes off. Now, anyone who knows me, so he's going to be bemused that you love Twitter, you love podcasting, you love flat caps. You're sending a lot like me. If you'd ever paid for the Tigers, <laughs> I would have married you, or, or tried to have married you on stage. <laughs> Speaking of things I love as well, you've just been back to the states, which is also one of my favorite places to go. And in the states, you were doing some coaching with California Rugby League. What's happening over there? Yeah, so the the yeah the rugby league, I guess, footprint is slowly making its way over to the states, right. and there's some people over there working really hard behind the scenes. So um, they they've got I think they had four or five teams uh, in terms of that sort of uh, West Coast area. They had San Francisco, they had Sacramento. Um, and then they had LA Mungrel as well and a couple of others. So um, they're, they're really working hard to try and launch a domestic competition. They just had a game last week, yeah. um, their first ever game. So, you know, I went over there and, and, you know, we came to a sort of a mutual place where we, you know, we did a podcast and, and I got to go and train the LA team down in, in Compton. And, wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty surreal because, you know, you, you – Look at Compton, and it's like it was downtown Compton, and yeah, right. I'm yeah. training a rugby league team. So yeah. that for me was was very cool. Um, yeah, that there there's some nice people working over there, working really really hard. So I'm in negotiations with them now to go over there because I was over there with a private trip, uh, working with a, a talented kid over there wow. um, that I'd met. So I sort of got to squeeze in that session 
uh, in between, you know, training the kid that I was over there with. So wow. I'm in negotiations now to go back next year and spend a whole week and go and visit all the teams and mm-hmm. just be able to, you know, spend two hours and go through a lot of stuff because it's, it's completely different over there. Like they're all athletes, you know, they need to work in their conditioning. They need to work on the basics, but finding an oval to go and practice that is yeah. the hardest part because wow. – they don't let people, you know, they're all worried about insurance claims and stuff like this. Oh, so right. even when I'm training the the kid that I was with, you know, we had to, you know, three or four times we, we got kicked off the field. And um, that's just something that we don't, you know, we take for granted in yeah, Australia. Yeah. It's for us, it's go down the field and, and have a kick and, you know, you're going to have posts up, you're going to have some sort of post yeah, up or yeah. line markings. But um, over there, it's very difficult. So uh, I'll be interested to see how it progresses uh, in the next year. But, yeah, we're just uh, getting ready probably early 2020. I should be able to announce possibly a um, yeah trip back over there to work with those teams. And so is coaching is coaching kind of like the next big thing for you? Like is that something um, that you're focusing on? It was. Like when I was still playing, I wanted to be a coach. Right. Um, but, you know, I, once I finished, you know, got married and um, had a kid and, yeah. you know, I, I enjoy being able to go to sleep and not worry about, uh, a win, yeah, a win, a <laughs> loss. Yeah, you know, who's doing what? Who yeah. we play next week? You know, I did that for yeah you know, twelve to fifteen years in terms of when I moved to Sydney. And yeah. um, yeah, for me, it's about enjoying life right now because I knew that if I went straight into it, yeah, my wife would probably never see me. So yeah, yeah. Um, I want to be able to enjoy that, and I, you know, I've got a nice mix at the moment with everything I'm doing. So I think uh, I'll just stay out of the coaching ranks for a while and, and yeah. see what happens. Okay, well, California is you helping people get into rugby league, but how did you originally get into it yourself? Yeah, my dad was a yeah played rugby league in Canberra. Yeah, um, he was playing for the Raiders in the lower grades, and um, yeah, just sort of followed his footsteps. He was like a a tough yeah burly back rower slash lock. Okay. Um, really, really hard, you know, guy to run at and, and tackle and all that kind of stuff. So I was the complete opposite to him. Um, <laughs> soft little halfback that sort of stood out near the wing. Um, but yeah, probably, you know, definitely, um, dad's influence. And then, yeah, mum was a very good basketballer as well. So, oh, well. um, yeah, she, yeah, pretty much all the vision kind of stuff, you know, came from her. Wow. And, um, I can't explain the speed cause neither of them were fast, but <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. I was pretty lucky that both my parents were, uh, I guess active in sport right. and yeah, being able to play basketball and at a young age and footy, um, just chose footy cause I was probably better at it. Yeah, right. And so the basketball stuff as well then, like your interest now in basketball is also stemmed from your childhood with it. Yeah, oh, I love basketball, yeah. My yeah. stepdad's, you know, a huge Celtic fan and okay. we have been with him for 25 years now. So yeah, right. didn't really get an option, uh, which is kind of cool. And, um, yeah, pretty much everything, you know, I proposed Santa Court over in Boston. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, to my wife and, yeah, my first daughter, you know, her name's Indiana, which is where Larry Bird was born, who's my favourite player. <laughs> yes, so, yes. Um, yeah, a lot of, lot of connections back to Boston. Uh, the Celtics, but yeah, we, we get out to the Kings pretty much every week. Yeah, right. We love getting out and, and supporting uh, local teams, but uh, basketball is certainly a, a passion in this house. Now, did were you at all worried that she was going to say no? Uh, 
Ah, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, great. It was actually, uh, well, actually, because the ring's not insured, um, so I did it before we left. Ah, uh, smart. Um, but then, yeah, the we didn't think we were going to get taken down in the court, and um, the, they just took us down there. So we had to slip the ring off, put in it, put it in my pocket, and then we reenacted it. And, yeah, uh, they were none the wiser. So yeah. we got a couple of good photos, which is on my Twitter. Far out, you did. The, I mean, the court itself is so beautiful. So to be there and yeah, have that amazing moment. Oof. Yeah. Um, now. Yeah, do you have a first memory of football? Like, is it your dad playing, or is it with you at the ball? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, going when you're a little kid, I don't think you realise um, you go to the ground, and if there's a spare oval, you're over there playing. You're not right. really watching your dad, so right. Um, a lot of that running around uh, for me, but I guess yeah, probably being smaller than everyone else, a lot of my memories were. Yeah, trying to having to work things out. Um, yeah, I was pretty. Like to think I was pretty good at a younger age, but you get to an age where you know you're going to come up against bigger kids and stuff. So, you know, I got trialed in different positions and didn't make any rep teams and like in terms of you know state school teams right, or anything right. like that. So, um, yeah, probably memories of trying to work things out. Uh, against bigger kids. This is where the speed came from, mate. This is you working it out. <laughs> <laughs> running away, not yeah, running too much, yeah, for sure. Run between them. Now, you said before that you've had a beautiful girl, and I've seen her dressed in New South Wales blues gear. Now, and you also mentioned that your stepdad put you in, in the Boston Celtics before you get to have a choice. Is she going to get to choose which NRL team she's going for, or is she, she make up her own mind? Or um, Yeah, so when uh, Maddie was pregnant, uh, we, we had a – because she's a Panthers fan, so okay. – uh, we did have a wager on um, who she was going to go for between Dragons and Panthers, uh, and the Panthers flogged the Dragons that night. So, <laughs> oh, no. um, she'll claim that she's a Panthers fan, but right. we live over in uh, Heathcote now, which is right. near the Shire. So, yeah, um, yeah I think. Look, yeah, I, I don't really care to be honest. Right. I don't. I don't go for anyone um, in terms of supporting a team. I think it's too hard to commentate. If you and do, be right. yeah, straight down the line uh, with everyone. If if you've watched my stuff, I'm probably more harder on Penrith and and St George because I've been in those clubs and, and know the system really yeah. well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'd be hard. I always say it'd be hard for her to walk down holding Daddy's hand when he's got a a red V tattoo on his arm and saying that you go for Penrith. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She she may be secretly forced or bribed yeah. uh, to be able to go for the Dragons. The problem with that logic is it just pushes your wife into getting a Panthers tattoo and then you're both going to be tattooed nah, at the mate. She loves Penrith. She doesn't love it that much. Okay, great. Now, you, you mentioned before that you, that you were in Canberra as a kid and then you moved to uh, Roosters Jersey Flag as a, uh, as a teenager. How was it moving away from your parents? Yeah, I was pretty lucky when we moved to – we were born in Canberra and when we moved to Wagga, you know, that was with my stepdad, so – Really close, and then when I, I played 2003 back in Canberra in their Jersey flag, um, and lived with my grandparents, so I always had family around, right? Uh, to be able to help me in terms of support, and then mum sort of moved down after that, and then after that, uh, when we moved to the Roosters, I moved up with just me and my stepdad for a year, right? And yeah, you know, 2004, I mean, we didn't lose a game, so yeah, 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 it was you know, it was pretty cool, like just living with someone that you know kept an eye on me and didn't really, you know, my he's one of my best mates. He's not really in terms of, um, you know, being laying down the law. He just mm. kept an eye on me and reminded me that I was up here For to reason. give it a best shot. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, mum followed sort of six to eight months later. And then I was pretty lucky. I was one of those kids that very family orientated and mm. lucky enough to be able to, to have family with me wherever I went. 
Fantastic. And you mentioned that year that you guys killed it and you captained that grand final winning team. What what do you remember about that day? Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah, we hadn't lost the game. Um, we're training that week and the Roosters had all three grades in. Yeah. Uh, so we had 20s reserve grade and, and first grade and Ricky Stewart actually came down and, yeah, we we weren't training. We were sort of training a bit, I guess, like young kids do, a bit bit loose. And uh, it was, yeah, so he reminded us, you know, that, he could smell heartbreak and, you know, we'd won wow. 27 in a row. And, you know, that sort of, to me, like hit home that, you know, like we were doing something pretty special here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then grand final day, you know, they scored first. It was a bit of a scuffle. Uh, and then they scored in the second half. They scored again. So it was 12-0 on uh, grand final day, Oof. which was, yeah, I mean, 19, you're on the first time on the big stage. Mm. And, um, yeah, we, we got back to 12 all and then, Took the lead, 13-12. What are you saying behind the post during that time? When you're down 12-0, uh, you, I, I mean, you're the no captain. Idea. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember Flynn out at halftime just saying, yeah, we're only 6-0 down, so you've got to stay the plan in the in these big games. And um, it was the biggest game I'd played up until that right. point. So, right. yeah, I think, um, yeah, just being able to, to stay in. I mean, one try. And, yeah. yeah, when we got to 12-6, when we got to 12-all, I think everyone really relaxed, but. Um, yeah, up until then, it was pretty hairy, and we got a we got a win, which is good. And you mentioned before that, that Sticky was around at that time. Is there during those periods, like even during the year, is there much movement with clubs where they they, they have some first graders training with with lower grades and things like that? Or um, well, you, you see like a lot more club sessions now. The squads a lot bigger um, back okay. then. Yeah, you know, we we did uh, sessions. We actually trained with the New South Wales side that year. Um, with Gus coming down, we did the, the sort of scrimmage sessions against them. So, okay, yeah, I think yeah, you always that was always like an honour uh, back then, and yeah, to be able to train with the first graders mm. and see Anthony Minicello and Freddie and all that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> yeah, far uh, out. These days, kids, it's not such a big thing for them anymore. It's you know, it's expected that once they get given the um, yeah, the apparel of the club that they're at, that they're going to be either playing first grade soon or. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to be training with them and they're yeah, expected right. to do that. But, yeah, I always found it huge on. I remember, um, yeah, calling mum saying that I'd just trained with first grade, let yeah, alone yeah, yeah. was going to do it the next day. And, yeah, that was that was a big thing for me. Yeah, particularly at that club. You just rattled off. That 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 team was incredible at the time. Oh, they had yeah. Well, they that was their third grand final that yeah. year in a row, so they had a really really good side. <laughs> yeah. Now you moved to the Dragons in 07 and immediately had an, a real positive impact. In fact, you recorded the most amount of points in a match ever by a Dragon. And considering the incredible history that that club's had, that's phenomenal. What was the biggest difference you could see between the Roosters and the Dragons? Although you were just about to tell me something interesting, then go. What were you thinking? Uh, I was going to say I don't know if it's the most um, in a match. I think Gareth would have got me. Uh, when they played the Titans. Damn it. But it was, yeah, it was up there. It was, I think it was 21. I got 21 once or twice. So, okay. um, look, I think, you know, I was still young. You know, I'd, I'd had success. I'd played in three grand finals in a row in terms of Jersey flag and then two reserve grade grand finals. Right. Um, you know, 07 didn't get a run the first three months. So, you know, shook hands with, with Brownie and the Dragons and went across and didn't really know what to expect. They needed a halfback. Uh, to be able to come in and help steer the team around in a tough time because they'd had a lot of injuries. So, uh, yeah, I just remember coming across and thinking, yeah, maybe this is my chance. He's going to stick with me. And right. uh, 08 was probably a little bit different where I had an injury towards the back end and, and didn't play the finals game. But, 
yeah, that really drove once Wayne came, it was just like it was completely different. It was like a brand new club. Really? Uh, for me, so like what's he doing? Uh, just well Oh damn it, I did a Wayne Bennett question. And, oh, there's your dollar. When, Sorry, mate. When you get someone comes in and, and wants you there, um, yeah, it's totally it's totally different. Yeah, you, know, you wake up wanting to go to training. Yeah, you know you can see yourself getting better. Um, yeah, wow. Brownie had brought me to the club, and yeah, we had a, not a falling out, but a disagreement. Um, yeah, towards the back end of that '08 season, and yeah, then when Wayne comes in, it's like everything's new again. Yeah, you know, you're doing different drills. The, the brain starts to tick over straight away, rather than you know getting into that rut. And um, yeah, that was probably something that I was guilty of in my career. That you know. I'd, I needed something to stimulate the brain uh, every session. Otherwise, you know, right. I probably didn't you know, pay as much attention as, as what I should have. But, yeah, right. um, yeah, when Wayne came to the club, it was totally different. Now, for Dragons fans, it would be terrible for me not to talk about 10, 2010. So, I mean, that was a pretty <laughs> pretty special year for you because it began with you being selected for the Indigenous All-Stars and then ends with you winning a grand final against a team that you did play for. So what springs to mind for you when you think about that grand final? Yeah, I think, you know, we've just done recently done a documentary on it. Oh, right. Um, and, and starting, yeah, so I can't say too much more okay. about it, but I uh, have brought all those memories up. Um, it's yeah. through NRL.com? Uh, I can't say at the moment. Okay, sorry. Because sorry. my next question is, <laughs> um, have you watched it back? So I'm glad. And, but, oh, so, but yeah, I'll... I've watched it back. Great. Um, I probably, yeah, the, the things in that season were the difference between 09 where we – yeah, went out the back door. We had a really good team. Yeah, you know, twenty ten. Yeah, you know, the the Tigers game was probably I felt Incredible. like it was it was probably the grand final. Yep. Um, yeah. in terms of yeah, you know, both sides matched up really really well mm. and and kind of stuff. So yeah, you know, kicking the field goal was huge. Then yeah, uh, Dino making that play at the end. Yeah, you know, to to save sort of a grand final appearance and then grand final day, you know, the whole week happened really, really quickly. So, um, yeah, being able to, I guess, relive some of those memories was, you know, at halftime, you're down eight, six and, you know, Wayne sort of just said that that's not us out there. And, you know, if we just concentrate on what we're doing rather than the, you know, what the other team's doing, we're going to be okay. So, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, um, for at halftime was a pretty, composed Wayne Bennett, which which made everyone else relax. And then right. as soon as we, we scored, uh, we, we kicked uh, the first set after halftime. We got a really good set and kicked out in the field. I knew that we were going to be okay. Now, I appreciate you you're talking nicely about the Tigers and skipping over it because I didn't want to talk too much about that game. But, uh, <laughs> or your drop goal. But the, um, do you remember that being like dramatically different from the other three grand finals you'd done? Because you said before that the Jersey flag grand final was the biggest stage you'd been on. Do you think those kind of experiences helped in that or it's just so much bigger it can't help? Oh, it's so much bigger. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I would say the week before against the Tigers helped because I'd never played in front of 80,000. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the semifinals the year before we played in front of – I played in front of 50 being at Suncorp. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that that – I guess beehive environment. I described it as when you run out against the Tigers because we actually warmed up out in the field, and that adjusted me more than anything for the for grand final day because wow. I was able to absorb what was going on around me. So that when I got out there grand final day, you know, the crowd didn't really affect me yeah. um, too much, which was which was kind of cool. Matt Chechen actually talks about that game as well because I think. If he didn't referee that one, it must have been the year before because he, he did one with the Tigers and I thought it was against the Dragons in, the, in that one. And he said that 80,000 is crazier than the grand final because grand final, they have fans from everywhere. 
Whereas those the game before the grand final, it's eighty thousand fans, and they're either Tigers or Dragons fans. You know what I mean? So when something happens, yeah. forty thousand people rather than you know a smattering of people who were just there for the game. So that would have been yeah. Bad I mean, you've got the grand final was ninety ten. You know, all Dragons fans. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and you're right. So you know, the, the week before was two teams that hate each other and have great fan bases. So yeah. I definitely would say that the week before was in terms of atmosphere. Um, getting you ready for a big game was uh, helped me. Now, speaking of watching games, if you could go back in time and watch any game, which game do you wish you could go and see? Um, yeah, yeah, I was lucky enough to see Freddie's last Origin game. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty cool. I would go to the 1994 Kangaroo v Great Britain yes. uh, tour where Mal Meninga barges uh, – I guess one of the, I think it's Schofield or, or the winger out of the way and Ricky Stewart passes to him and they score. Yeah. Those those Phenomenal. videos, the the old Winfield cup tapes, you know, that's that's my childhood. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've actually still got them too. So Really? Have you got a VHS yeah. player? Uh no, but my grandma gave them to me. She converted yes. them to D V D, but yeah, Legend. I've still got them. Yeah, awesome. Well done, Sarah. I'm coming over, mate. Now, staying with, <laughs> staying with wishes, if you could go to any game with someone in the world, if you could take anyone in the world to a game, who would you want to sit with? Uh, I mean, I've been lucky enough to go to Boston uh, with my wife and my best mate. I'd probably say my stepdad. Yep. Um, yeah, and probably the 84 Celtics, one of the – probably the clinching playoff game against the Lakers. Phenomenal. What's that that, what, be, do you think, what is he going to do in that time? Um, I mean, are you talking during games or are you pretty focused? Can't uh, no, nah, we'd be. Oh, well, nah, not really. I don't. I mean, I went for two weeks with my best mate and we watched seven games. I think we said about four words <laughs> to each other while the game was on. <laughs> right, right. Um, but the Americans, they're, they're there for the show where we were there for the game. So, right, right, right. Yeah, I would, yeah, only because I know how much it would mean to Huey um, um, to be able to go back. They put on a show, though, to be fair to those those guys. Oh, my God. Oh, they get it better than anyone else. Oh. You know, they're 20 years ahead of, of what they do in covering the game and yeah. talking about it. And I think that's, you know, I'd like to think that my journalistic, you know, presenting skills have, you know, excelled a, a long way because I do follow a lot of that kind of stuff. Right. And, and a lot of, you know, the ideas is sort of working off what I see for them. So, yeah. Um, that's that's helped me tremendously. Now that you've got another year at NRL.com, you've got to tell them that I'm sure you follow the NBA on, on Instagram and whenever they do replays or they show you where the player starts and then and where he tracks and where he and where he goes is incredible and really shows you patterns and stuff the that the NBA players do. And so if we could have that like small snippets with the NRL, that would be phenomenal. So that could yeah, be well, um, we had a touch screen. We bought a touch screen towards the back in the last year. Yes. So uh, we're going to, yeah, well, myself and Matty Elliott will be able to do a lot more yes. of that stuff. Because I also had a chance building. to talk to Matty Elliott about this, and he's so jade. He's, he's a lover of NFL, and, he's, and he thinks the coverage of that's phenomenal. So you two are going to be a powerhouse. Yes, we will be presenting all the games this year. So there's a little snippet of what we've changed for 2020. Excellent. Now, I'd love to sit down and watch a game with Dean Young and his dad. They look like such great knockabout blokes. Is that a good choice? Yeah, great choice. Um, yeah, probably, yeah, those guys in terms of that, they'd sit down and watch the 2010 one uh, and all the stuff that Dino went through before that, mm. you know, leading up to that, they'd be able to tell you about. But, um, yeah, that, those 
it, all the all the guys that we had around the club, we didn't have any guys that didn't sort of fit in. Um, right. So everyone's personality was respected, and, and Dino and, and Benny Hornby and those guys, mm. the older guys, really led from the front. Great. Now, uh, Jamie, thinking about your time at Canberra, Jersey Flag, your playing career at the Dragons and Panthers, you're commentating the NRL, trips to California. What is your greatest rugby league memory to date? I mean, individually, yeah, when the game's on the line and you come up with a big play, that's that stands out. Mm. Uh, the Tigers, you know, the field goal against the Tigers, the field goal up, against man. the Roosters for Penrith. Um, yeah, those are the the clutch moments that, you know, I think NRL put up the other day, um, that parent, that, that Penrith Roosters game right. and yeah, sealing that sort of game with, you know, with all the work that you put in there, they're the individual moments. Yeah. Um, scoring the winning try in the indigenous all-stars game. Yeah. yeah. The very first one. Yeah. Rooming with JT. Like I've been pretty lucky uh, to be able to have a lot of moments, but you know, when you hoist the trophy, uh, it's you know, the main trophy. That's what everyone rests their career on. And like Paul Gallon said, when after they won for the Sharks, you know, he would give all his rep appearances back just to have the trophy yeah, well, if that was a choice. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that would be any different for anyone else. And finally, Sally, why do you love rugby league? What does it have that has kept you tied to it for so long? Uh, you know, I enjoy it way more now. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, when, when I was playing, you know, I – I'm I'm happier now than what I was playing. Wow! Um, in terms of my whole life and where I am in life, you know, wow. I feel like I'm a lot more mature and a better person uh, now because yeah, you, know, you can get into a bit of a I guess routine and and the ups and downs and you know the pressure and and that's yeah. what makes the game so great. But it also can be I guess uh, pretty draining at times. So I think the the contest, you know, being able to go out and run out in front of fans and you know. You, get your name yelled out. That's pretty cool. All that kind of stuff. But yeah. I, I just love, I just love the game. I think that, yeah, I'm, that's why I'm passionate about it. When we, when we, uh, yeah, we've, we're not all not perfect, but certainly when, um, yeah, we, we do damage it ourselves. It's, uh, yeah, it's upsetting because the game's given me so much and continues to with the work I'm doing. But um, yeah, I just, I really just want the best for everyone. And, yeah, hopefully one day we get to like the NFL where this guy's earning yeah fifteen twenty million and yeah the the broadcasting's yeah the best it's ever been and mm. we continue to get better and yeah we we um yeah be the number one sport in Australia. Yeah, well said, sir. Uh, now thanks for that, champion. That's all my questions and comments. Did you have anything else you wanted to say before we go and finish up? No, nah, just keep an eye out for the Sweet and Sour podcast. Yeah, um, yeah it's I think it's going to be really really fun. Uh, to like I said, it's going to be a mix of yeah stuff that I love talking about. You know, stuff that's going on in the world, but uh, we're going to have some. I've got a really good bunch of guys um, that no one's ever heard of, and they're called the Derricks, so they're going to be along for the ride. So, uh, <laughs> the Sweet and Sour podcast in 2020 uh, with Jamie Sowder and the Derricks are uh, going to be hopefully pretty big. <laughs> Jamie Sowder and the Derricks. I can't wait. Well, I'm a listener, buddy. I'll be subscribing straight away. I can tell you. Thanks, Thank Jamie. You. Well, have a great rest Thanks, of your day. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Big thanks to Paul Merchantson, our wonderful producer. Also, a quick thanks to Andrew from the Rugby League Project for his website. This was it for the year 2019. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, being such a great part with the subscriptions, the reviews, um, getting around us on social media and things like that. Enjoy your sport for another rest of this year, and we'll talk to you next year, Sports Best Friends. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, I, I, I like interacting with fans. Yeah. I think Twitter, Twitter's the main one. I love Twitter, uh, probably out of all the social media yeah. uh, stuff that I'm on. And I thought, I just said to him, I don't like it, but I'll put it to a vote. And if the vote wins, then I'll take it. So You legend. Um, yeah, I let the people vote and they voted Power Hour Sour. <laughs> so I just went with that. Um, the, the Sweet and Soured one. That's my business name. I've had that for a while. Right. Um, yeah, a fan used to have it written on the on a banner at the hill at Colgrosso. Yeah. Um, yeah, being able to-